Andrea Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. This week's show is another installment of a special mashup series of T4C to celebrate our fifth anniversary this month. Over the years, I've interviewed some super interesting and accomplished 20-something professionals, and they've got so much great advice to help you get launched. And so this episode features the advice that they would give themselves if they were back in college, but based on the wisdom they have right now. I hope their answers help make this year your best yet. If you want to listen to any or all of these guests, their original interviews, just check out show notes for a link. Now let's get into it. My guests include, in order of appearance, AJ Eckstein, a product marketing campaign manager at Accenture and the founder of the Final Round podcast, whose mission is to democratize fun high-quality, and tailored career advice. Andrew Imbry, who at the time of our interview was a senior fellow at Georgetown University's Center for Security and Emerging Technology. Today, he's an associate professor at Georgetown's Walsh School of Foreign Service. Andrew Rimland, a serial entrepreneur and founder of Swish Breaks, one of the fastest-growing sports card entertainment companies. Austin Belsack, the founder of Cultivated Culture, a company that teaches people unconventional strategies to land jobs they'll love without applying online. Previously, Austin worked for Microsoft as the Director of Partner Development. Caroline Muja, a product marketing manager at Oscar Health, a New York City-based technology-focused health insurance company that was founded in 2012. Christina Lukeman was the head of investor relations at Agora. Today, she's the director of business development and communications at MCE, an impact investing firm. David Rosenstein was an admissions coordinator and sales development representative at collegeadvisor.com when I interviewed him. Today, he is an account executive at LinkedIn. Dylan Gambardella is the co-founder of NextGen Summit. Edwin Dorsey is the founder of The Bear Cave, a subscription-based newsletter that works to expose corporate misconduct. When he launched the newsletter in March of 2020, Edwin was a senior at Stanford University. And finally, Elizabeth Morgan, 
who, when I sat down with her, was the senior social media program manager for ISIM. Today, she is a content strategist and social media manager for Amazon. Final question. If you could go back to USC and do it all over again, but based on the wisdom you have right now, what advice would you give yourself? Well, I was prepared for this question because I know you asked this question to, I think, many, if not all of your guests, the final question. And again, just going back and showing to people that I do do my research. And again, I don't just preach, but I practice what I preach. But I would say if I, if I were to go back, and, and this is not even just at USC, but I would say in my life, even in high school, is I, I think a lot of people, and I, I was a culprit of this, in that you don't want to be labeled a tryhard because it's not cool or sexy to be the first in a lot of things, especially early on. Obviously, as I'm sure you realize, once you're in your career, you want to be first. You want to be the biggest, the best, have the most leadership, have the most responsibility, get paid the most, whatever it is. But I think early on, there's a stigma to being first, whether that is being the first to walk into a classroom, whether that is sitting in the front row, whether that is participating in class, whether that is going to office hours, and I'll even go even farther back. When I was in middle school, I was a very fast runner. I literally ran six miles yesterday. I loved to run and clear my head. And I didn't want to be first because I didn't want to be first. I, I didn't want to be laughed at because there is a stigma to being a quote unquote try hard. But I would say looking back, those people are just so narrow minded because if you don't go out and get what you want, someone else will take it. That's the first thing. And the second thing, it's across the board, whatever you do. And there's another quote, again, I, I love quotes, especially from movies, from a, a movie called Lone Survivor. And one of my favorite quotes that I live by, that I literally have taped on, on the side of my, my home office here, my, my bedroom, not so much an office, but more so an office slash be bedroom, is that anything in life worth doing is worth overdoing. Because if you give 50% to something, you're going to fail. And someone else is going to give 60%, 80%. So Again, to go full circle and answer your question, don't be afraid to be in the spotlight. Don't be afraid to shoot for the president role or the VP role, even if your friends are going to laugh at you for wearing a suit and tie and going to a networking event on a Tuesday. And I think a lot of that comes from them not being vulnerable with themselves and not really understanding that while you're taking control of your life and you're actually doing something with yourself. So again, don't be afraid to be labeled a try hard, go out and do it. Because what I've learned it's the same people who laugh and say, oh, there's the LinkedIn guy and he posts all this stuff and oh, he posted this and that are the same people a year or two later that are asking for advice that are saying, hey, can you help me get a job that are saying, hey, let's be friends now. And you're saying, wait a second, you were, you treated me horribly or you were not the nicest person. Why, why would I want to help you now? That's how it works. So again, biggest thing is go out. If you want to do something, you want to get something, go out. And, and take it, go out and give it your all, because if not, someone else will take it from you. I would, you know, it would be less a subject matter and more an experience that I missed, which I think is really important. And that's engaging with your local community. I went to school at Connecticut College, like you say, and we were near Mystic Seaport, near New London. And I did a brief stint of, of tutoring a, a young boy, and it was an incredible experience. And 
I wish I had taken the opportunity to be much more involved in that local community, to help build relations between the college and the community, to see the kind of work that they were doing, to, to do even more to give back. I think so many remarkable things happen at the local level that seem absent at the national level when you look at our big problems. And they're all of sorts of, you know, Mr. Rogers speaks of the helpers. You know, there's all sorts of helpers at the local level. And I would have loved to have done more to be one of them when I was in college. And I think I would have learned a lot. I mean, I think beyond the classroom, it really is true that you learn from your experiences. And if I could go back, I would have wanted to volunteer or start something or be more involved in the schools, local schools there, or, you know, and helping with some of the problems in the in the city. And so going forward, that's something that I want to take to heart is you know, how can I be more involved? Because people exist in places, they, you know, are, are part of stories, they have narratives to their lives. And those narratives are rooted in, in their neighborhoods, in their cities, in their towns. And I don't have as much experience with that. And so I would really like to do more. And I, I you know, that's one of my, my goals for the future is to see what I can do to be more involved in my local community. It's a good question. Had this mindset from such a young age on trying so many different things. I think one of the critiques of myself and something that might slightly contradict what I've said, and it's all about finding that balance. And to answer the question, what would I go back and do? I would have potentially in certain situations try to not spread yourself so thin because that can lead to you not giving everything a full shot. And I have a tendency and it's always a work in progress and you're never going to be perfect. I have a tendency to start trying to do everything, right? Like, you know, I want to try this and try this and try this and try this without realizing that like eight other things are going on, which can, you know, decrease performance on, on certain things that might actually be a, an aggregate negative as opposed to a positive. So just, you know, I would be more mindful of a lot of different things going on. And that's, you know, that's how I am today, right? I'm mindful of, you know, different balancing things you can take on. You know, can I take on this club and this relationship and this frat and this business and this schoolwork versus, you know, should I drop one thing off, you know, for the time being and maybe pick it up when I'm better suited to uh, so it's a big game of you know balance and figuring out like how can you how can you attribute your time the best to certain situations and, and being mindful of that something I'd probably go back on and maybe drop off on one or two things that might have actually decreased overall performance at the time. Uh, I do two things. First, I would major in psychology instead of biology because. One psychology is is fascinating, but it basically powers everything that's going on in the in the world today. In terms of anything professional, if you understand how the person that you're trying to engage with how their mind works and how they're making decisions, you give yourself a big advantage. So if you're a candidate in an interview and you know how your interviewer is thinking about this, that's an advantage. If you're trying to sell a product and you understand how your prospect is thinking about it, that's an advantage. If you want a promotion and you know how the decision maker is thinking, again, that's an advantage. So. That is something that that I would definitely switch. And then the second thing would be exactly what we talked about before. I would invest more time creating these projects outside of my classes. And I would do some exploration first. I would figure out what I'm excited about or at least interested in. And then I would try to create a body of work around that. I would try to create some content. I would make it you know, publicly available. And I think if I did those two things, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble. And I think it will really help people stand out from everybody else who's kind of going through the, the traditional motions. 
I would give myself the advice to stay true to who you are. I think that if you're able to stay true to the values that you hold close to you, that little thing inside you that pushes you towards something. Sometimes there's a feeling or a thought like, hey, that seems really cool. Or I've always wanted to try that. Like those little pushes actually are really important to listen to. So I would have told myself to stay true to who I am and listen to those little things that are pushing me towards an opportunity or an interest because they really are telling you something about the larger picture. To be honest, there's not a lot that I would change because I I think that everything we do in our life or lives brings us to obviously where we are now. And I, I really like where I am right now. There's not really a whole lot I would change. But a piece of advice that I would give myself would honestly be to follow my heart, just trust in following my heart. And I really wanted to study languages. I had gotten, which is what I did with linguistics, I had gotten a lot of advice previously and that I should be studying you know, something more quote unquote useful. I think that when you study something that really motivates you and inspires you, it's going to add to your career in, in some way or another. So yeah, it would be to, to keep following my heart. Looking back at college, there were two things that I think I did really well. And one thing that I definitely wish I did more. The first thing I did when I got to college is I really didn't put too much effort into my social life for the first semester, first year. The friends that I made, I was really fortunate that they were the same friends who existed on my floor. But I put a lot, a lot, a lot of energy into my schoolwork and into networking and interviewing. I ended up getting an internship interview in my freshman year. And did it go well? Of course not. But the fact that I had that experience of falter in my freshman year meant that when junior year happened and the internships were more serious, I already had learned from my failures. I also had a really comfortable GPA after my first semester that I could really lean on. And it was really sort of preserving that rather than trying to improve it moving forward. I speak with a lot of students who maybe they spend their first semester not focusing so much on their grades or their professionalism, and they have to play catch up the rest of college. And I got to sort of take a breather for the rest of the three and a half years because I put so much time up front. So I would say that's something that I definitely would share with other people. But then also what I would do differently, stop messaging Facebook alumni as a freshman, David. You don't want to work at Facebook. You don't know why you want to work at Facebook. And you're not ready to speak with them. You don't even know what you're looking for yet in life. Save these contacts that are amazing professionals for if you ever get the conviction of what you're looking for, and if you develop the interviewing chops from talking with upperclassmen. But don't burn that bridge yet. You're too young, you're naive, and calm your ego. Those would be the two things I would say to baby David. (laughs) That's a great, great question and a really tough one. And to pull from the last comment, um, Justin, my partner, he likes to say that we found a life that's worth unbalancing. And we found a job and a a passion that's worth unbalancing, right? So on that note, if I could go back and spend another semester, another year at Duke, I'd probably look to take advantage of what will be gone once I leave campus. And those are the, the incredible people that live and study and work at Duke. A school like Duke attracts an immense amount of talent from across the world and in one little bubble. 
right? And it's in some ways that's bad, but in a lot of ways that's great because you'll never really have that. Sure, New York, another place where people from around the world, such talented folks. But when you're in college, everyone's at the same level. Right? Everyone's at the same stage. And I think that at times I maybe didn't give that enough of my attention. And I, I might have missed out on a few whether they would be relationships or uh, mentor opportunities or learning experiences. And if I can go back, I'd probably tell freshman Dylan, that this is a long journey. There's no rush. There's no need to be first. There's no need to even do everything perfect all the time. But instead, to be 100% present in whatever you're doing and to really focus on the relationships that matter and, and to find work that you can do with people you care about and solving issues that you're passionate about. Well, I really wish I could do that because I, I don't I don't think I took, you know, had as got as much out of college as I could have. I probably would have gone to a different school because, you know, Stanford's just not the right place for someone who's interested in what I'm interested in. I probably would have spent a lot of more time researching things. You don't want to ever sleepwalk through life. And that's kind of how I approach Stanford with taking the classes I was supposed to take, doing stuff last minute. If I if I was much more deliberate in building a plan, understanding all the requirements, under, these bureaucracies are tough to navigate. And if you let a bureaucracy destroy you, it will. And like you need to kind of be prepared, be on top of things. You know, an ounce of prevention is a pound to cure. So I wish I spent a lot more time just just figuring out the stuff I needed to do to get all the degree requirements rather than hustling at the end. I wish I spent a lot more time making friends and having fun and maybe antagonizing the administration less and fighting with the president and provost. Like, that's not a good way to live in college. You haven't finished that, though. You're still investigating Stanford Yeah, yeah we, 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 got, we have a complicated relationship. I, I don't think they're going to be asking me for money anytime. But, but you know, I kind of wish college is a really unique part of your life. So have fun, make more friends, do more extracurriculars, and just... I, I got into the swing of things maybe the second half of my college experience where I was getting into fun classes and meeting professors and stuff like that. I wish for the first year and two, I spent like less time in my room doing nothing and more time like living life and preparing and spending one or two hours to focus on getting into a fun, awesome class with an awesome professor is so worth it because a bad class is like so much worse than a good class. So it's like, I, I don't know how to, like, you know, doing the prep work and energy to, to figure all this stuff out in advance. I wish I spent more time on. My dad recommended every year I go out and interview, not necessarily because I'm unhappy in my current situation, but to always stay humble, know how to advocate for myself and potentially develop skills that I don't know I'm lacking. Never stay comfortable. I have been in situations in my career where I've gotten overly comfortable and said, you know, I'm not passionate, but it's kind of boring. And I kind of like not having to push myself. So I'm just going to sit here. And then the sitting became laying and then the laying became just kind of existing. And it's just, it's when you lose engagement and drive, it's really, really hard to shine, be a star, and pursue the goals that you want in your life. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at 
time, the number 4, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. 